Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello, welcome to the Libricuba. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. Today, within the Libricube, is Internet Day, in which we discuss... How my voice got low for some reason there. Hmm. No, we discuss things from the fry internets, or the interwebs, or the other names such as those. Something I say at the top of most shows, with the exception of fry internet days, is a sort of spoiler warning. But I don't today, so that wasn't one. No matter what you think, that was not a spoiler warning. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment in iTunes because that is what helps others find the podcast. It is just that easy. Canadians, I do believe I need two more ratings. Oh, God, if you want to hear me, stop saying, Canadians, I need two more ratings. Give me two more ratings, Canadians. That's all it will take. It's as simple as that. Again, math-like in its simplicity. Another thing that I sort of reserve for saying on Internet Days, although I believe I forgot last one, is that there's an app for this. The podcast that is available for you for free in the... Uh, Google Play, Android, Store. If, like me, you are using a iDevice, which you can do, is add the uh, Podbean mobile site to your homepage because uh, the good people over there at Podbean, who host the site, have created a mobile version of the website, which is sort of app-like in its structure. Ha ha ha! I believe that will take us into the last piece of podcast-related business before we hop into internet-related talk. That is today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Baby Hitler brand Morning After Pill. Once again, today's sponsor is the Baby Hitler brand Morning After Pill. Okay, as per my usual <laughs> internet days, I have probably brought back too much, but I cannot help myself. I cannot. I tried helping myself, but it was impossible. If you know how one can go about helping oneself with regards to bringing too much back to talk to on a <laughs> internet day episode, please, please let me know. Item the first is a California on. California, followed by the word on, which is hosted by none other than internet phenom, let's call him, why don't I? Kasim G, that is the word, or I suppose name Kasim, followed by the letter G, who has a very, very popular YouTube channel, adored by billions, okay, millions, but lots of people who will uh, put out weekly, bi-weekly videos in which 
usually, as I have spoken of before and brought back before, we'll go to Venice Beach and uh, talk to the crazy people who apparently inhabit Venice Beach about a uh, variety of subjects. However, uh, I have also mentioned that my favorite episodes of his are when he goes to the various cons and expos and uh, talks to the crazy people that inhabit those as well. In this case, as you can imagine, because it just ended last weekend, he went to San Diego Comic-Con, the biggest of the cons, and got his talk on with uh, a bunch of people. So what I have done is watch that video and brought back cool stuff that happened and going to talk about it, because that, well, that's what a Fraternate Day episode is in the Liberal Cube. Yes. The sort of formula he follows is he'll post one sort of main video in which he's taken all of his interviews and cut them up into one video, sort of the cream of the crop. So I usually watch that, and then depending on if things catch my eye, watch the individual interviews as well, which he posts at the same time. Pretty uh, pretty smart formula, and I like it. So the first one I brought back is he spoke to uh, Cammy. Oh, shoot, was that her real name or her cosplay name? Yeah, everyone was cosplaying that he interviewed. That's sort of his M.O. Anyways, the girl, <laughs> the army girl that shows off her bum in uh, Street Fighter, that girl. So uh, quite often, as you can imagine, just as just from this example and from the rest you will see as well, he will pick and choose scantily clad, beautiful women to talk to. So, hey, that's his prerogative. Whatever he wants to do. I'm, uh, I'm behind it. 100%. This, uh, this girl mentioned, and so did quite a few of the others, that at Comic-Con, when you are a woman who is perty and scantily clad, people will ask for pictures taken with you. And quite often, uh, and this seems weird and awkward, but I suppose happens, and I think I have seen firsthand happening is uh, it'll be sort of old guys with their kids asking if their kids can get pictures with uh, these scantily clad women, which I think is it's sort of blatantly obvious that that is sort of a a bit of a ruse. No? Yeah? No? I'm pretty sure. Next, he moved on to talking to a, a Jessica Rabbit and a Vampirella. Uh, if you are familiar with these two characters, they are scantily clad and they are beautiful women. So, again, we're following with form, especially Vampirella, almost wearing nothing. <laughs> she spoke of the use of boob tape, <laughs> which is another sort of common theme that because these women are moving around, getting their pictures taken, and wearing next to nothing, uh, and dressed as fictional characters quite often, they have to use tape to hold their uh, cosplay in place over their nipples, so their nipples do not show. No showing of nipples allowed. Uh, we, then, we then move on to Miss Adrian Curry and Alicia Marie, who are, I think, uh, I don't know if I'd go professional cosplayers, but perhaps that is accurate, actually, which is kind of an interesting and new phenomenon in that it didn't exist very long ago that women could dress up in costume and get paid to do so. But, uh, hey, apparently now it does exist, and I like that. I, I like that thought. I wonder if there are any men professional cosplayers. I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it. During uh, this part, one of these girls, I forget which one, 
her boyfriend was sort of standing by, and he just said something funny, so I wrote it down. Kasim G will quite often wear shirts with wolves on them, a la your three wolf shirt. Oh, if you are unfamiliar with three wolf shirt, uh, what I want you to do, since this is uh, Internet Day, this fits perfectly in. If you Google three wolf shirt Amazon reviews, you will be in for a good time. Let me tell you. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that, because that's sort of a perfect tease, and I'm running out of time. Uh, so anyways, this guy saw this shirt with wolves on it, and for some reason, jumped to the, I don't see how at all logical conclusion, that because he had a shirt with wolves on it, he was Canadian. <laughs> I am Canadian, and I do not know, or own, or know anyone who owns a shirt with wolves on it. <laughs> so, just so you know. That is not true of Canadians, that we have wolves on our, on our t-shirts. Not impossible, but, you know, weird. Let's leave them behind with saying, these girls were not taking shit. Quite often, Kasim will uh, ask these girls to maybe give a little twirl, uh, flirt with them a little bit, perhaps subtly or not subtly make fun of them. <laughs> but uh, these girls were not having it. So uh, it was nice to see a little, oh yeah, buddy? That's not going to happen. Um, come back at Kasim, so funny stuff. Lastly, he spoke with, met up with, Tanya Tate. Tanya Tate, who I believe is a bit of a porn star. Hmm. <laughs> These two are sort of the highlight for me because they have met up, uh, I think this is the third, fourth, fifth time at various cons and expos. And I get the impression that perhaps the possibility exists they uh, maybe hook up sometimes. Uh, if that is not true, which is also possible, uh, they are good actors. Good actors. She was dressed as... Oh, I forgot to tell who people were dressed up as in the last one. Um, Adrian Curry and Alicia Marie were dressed as Mortal Kombat girls. Yeah, there you go. Tanya Tate dressed as a version of Wonder Woman that I... She said Wonder Woman, but I've never seen a Wonder Woman dressed like her. So, I don't know. Uh, she spoke a little bit about the gropings from um, men that apparently can get quite brazen and just walk up and grab a boob. So, that's not cool, guys. Come on. Uh, and lastly, let's leave this behind since I'm running out of time with uh, no Jessica Negri. Jessica Negri, which is an interesting last name, N-I-G-R-I, Negri. She was not there, which uh, is a shame, because every year Kasim seems to meet up with her. She is probably, uh, if I had to guess, the most famous of all cosplayers. Is that a, is that a bold statement? Uh, I don't think it is. Maybe it is. I don't know if it is or not. But uh, I'm pretty sure that might be accurate. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. And uh, she was not there, so they did like a little montage of uh, past interviews with Kasim and did, did it over sort of sad music that she wasn't there this year. And uh, that will leave that behind with a go watch it, why don't you, because it's funnies. And he also has links within his videos to past San Diego Comic-Con California ons. Oh, that's complicated. So uh, you can go back and look at previous episodes. Good stuff. Okay, let's move on to a big think. Yes, a big think. We're going to turn your brain on a little bit here. California on, 
probably. Turns it down a little bit. Big think, turn it back up a bit. Uh, the title of this one immediately jumped out at me. It is, Would You Kill Baby Hitler? Uh, this is a talk from a guy, ah shit, did not write down his name. That is the name curse rearing its ugly head. Uh, who is, he's done a couple of talks on the Big Think channel before, always about, it seems, uh, psychopaths. He's done quite a number, apparently, of studies on people who are psychotic, aka psychopaths, which is an interesting friggin' field to get into. Although I mean that in two ways. Interesting, and why the hell would you choose that? It'd be interesting that him talking about it is actually very sort of thought-provoking. Uh, and so far in most of his videos, it's, it seems to be him pointing out the differences, the differences between a psychopathic brain and a non-psychopathic brain, and what it sort of means in the real world. As he describes it, his uh, psychopathic musings, quite often a... He'll talk about a scenario, and he'll give out a scenario and then tell how a psychopathic person would react versus a non-psychopathic person. So it's cool to see. And he's not just sort of making these things up. These are through tests that he has given. I don't know how he has got access to so many psychopaths to test them. That's uh, something he never mentioned. One of the things that he points out is that because a psychopath is sort of very utilitarian, he will or I suppose she will, get the job done. Uh, kind of come hell or high water. Uh, if you want a job done, no matter what the job, uh, sometimes a psychopath would be the way to go. For example, the killing of baby Hitler. If you know, and this is just sort of a metaphorical, this is just sort of an example he uses. If you are sort of put in a room with a baby Hitler and know what will eventually happen as he grows older and ends up killing millions of people, and you could, with zero repercussions, smother this baby, would you do so? Now, the non-psychopath person, is they may say that, yes, they would kill them, although put in the actual situation, uh, they would at the very least hesitate, whereas the psychopathic person, no hesitation in their answer, and most likely no hesitation in their actual performing this task. Uh, so he points out that this is not necessarily always a bad thing, and perhaps in war, points out that perhaps uh, in war and in politics, <laughs> which is kind of funny that he mentioned them both at the same time, uh, people in sort of those, we'll just call them fields, quite often exhibit psychopathic uh, tendencies for choosing the greater good, no matter what the sort of uh, ethical cost. <laughs> so, uh, very interesting, that very interesting um, way to look at it, yes. Okay, so, uh, I guess that will end her. How about, just because I'm just about at work and don't have time to fit in a full other thing, we will say, in an effort to get a little audience participation, uh, would you, you yourself, listening to this, kill Baby Hitler? Hmm. You can let me know to the email address provided in the closing credits. You can tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. So let me know if you would, uh, would or would not, and perhaps why. And if I do act
actually, factually get any answers, uh, I would maybe bring them back and uh, see what we see. Folks, uh, one final thing to say before I go in and do eight hours of work is... Love you, dearies. And, of course, uh, see you back here in eight hours, because I have more to talk about, because it's Friday Internet Day, and they are jam goddamn packed. Are they not? They are. Yes. Love you, dearies, again. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. 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 We are back. Back in action. Hello again. Eight hours of work completed. Working robot powering down. I haven't done that in a while. I, f- I feel good to have the working robot powering down. I'm driving, and I did the, the robot with my arms, just so you know. Really get into the spirit of things when I do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> Item the third. No preamble. Jumping right in. Although me saying no preamble is a bit of a preamble, so I lied. <laughs> Kevin Pollock's chat show. Yes, I have brought it back once again, because these things are... Freaking awesome. If there is someone on the Kevin Pollock chat show who you have any desire whatsoever to have knowledge about, you are in luck, because that is just what happens. Hmm. It's like that's what they plan. The person in question, the guest, if you will, was Mr. John Larricutt. Huh, you know him. You potentially love him. Uh, I know him mostly, I think, really only, not only, but mostly from Night Court, the television show Night Court, which I used to love, love, love back in the day when it was on, what do they call it, the air, on the TV. I very, (laughs) that being said, I look back on it fondly with fond remembrances and think I really liked it and was a devoted watcher. However, uh, I barely remember it at all. Uh, yeah. So, perhaps, take that with a grain of salt. No, not a big grain, though, just because it is a well-loved TV program. Um, so, it's probably good still. I have always sort of kept an eye out for it, with that in mind. It's always either A, hard or impossible to find. I think you can find it now but it's still kind of broken up into its individual seasons, and I don't think every season is yet available on DVDs for some strange reason. Sometimes that happens with TV shows where something will happen, and I guess it's some lawyer-y kind of mumbo-jumbo keeps all the seasons from being released at once, and you can't find them. Uh, Another example is the television show Gargoyles, it's just a freaking pain in the ass, man. Just uh, release it. Why don't you? Or put it on Netflix. That I would like very, very much so. If you, listening to this, know where I can get the entire series for not a ridiculous amount of money, um, let me know, and I will watch it and bring it back on a TV Tuesday. Ha <laughs> ha! The advantage of having uh, themed days is that if that does happen, and I'm talking about it right now on a hot internet day, uh, I can sort of intermingle it with a TV Tuesday, and it's all one big happy family. 
uh, I would feel remiss if I did not mention, as I think I have every time I've brought back a episode of Kevin Pollock's chat show, that it is the first podcast I ever listened to, episode one of this particular podcast with Mr. Labar, Labar, <laughs> Lavar Burton. That's why I wanted to watch it. I knew Kevin Pollock. He has a face that you will recognize, I am sure. He's been in a million movies. Um, but if it was just him and some Joe Blow, I probably wouldn't have said, hey, what's this? Why don't I watch it? But it was LeVar Burton that sort of pulled me in initially. And then I stayed because the show turned out to be just a little slice of heaven. Got me addicted to podcasts. I started watching and guests that were on this turned out had their own podcast. So that spread the podcast virus into my very veins. And uh, now I'm addicted to the point where I am spreading the disease myself into your ears right now. That is how it all happens. Yeah, John Larroquette, why don't I get into that a little bit? Right off the bat, in the first handful of sentences he spoke, I liked him. Knew virtually nothing about him whatsoever. Uh, one of the first things he sort of got into a little bit is, uh, is that he is a lover of books. Ha ha! Automatic connection to me when he said that. So, uh, has developed in my brain a lifelong like of him, just by saying that. Collector of books, lover of books, actual factual books you can hold in your hand, and um, apparently has the, I think I wrote this down correctly, the largest Samuel Beckett collection of books in existence. So uh, that's something. Sort of a, a bibliophile, I guess you would call him. Collects old and antique books, first editions and what have you. Has a giant library, and this is sort of hitting all my buttons, obviously. I went to school, college, that is, in order to pursue a career in the librarian realm. The uh, course I took was called Library Technician, because, little known fact, if you want to be a full-fledged librarian, you need your, uh, like, degree in librarianship, which uh, I did not attain and am not working in the library field. Oh, no. However, it did help me get the job I have now, so no complaints other than one big goddamn complaint, now that I think about it, the sort of difference of, at least in the course I took, between working in an actual library and doing library work versus what you learn in a library course. The difference is astounding. We did three different work placements. One in a... I'm going way off tangent here today, but what the hell. One in a school library, one in a public library, and one in what they call a business library. Okay? You with me so far? I hope I'm talking libraries, and I know that's pretty goddamn exciting. Anyways, I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, each of these three placements, uh, I sort of slipped right into work, had a great time. People I worked with, as I assume, had a great time working with me because each one of them said, when you graduate, come back to us and uh, we'll look for a place for you. Like That's how good they all went. Just an amazing time. Sort of those were the times during my schooling where I felt, yeah, I have made the right decision. And then I would go back to class where I got horrible grades uh, and had zero fun and was just, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> so 
the sort of juxtaposition of these two things together sort of meant that I am not a librarian currently. Okay? That is much, much of a tangent, but uh, it was an enjoyable one for me. Back to John Larroquette, uh, he talked about a little how he started in show business, which is sort of a topic they all sort of touch on at one time or another. Apparently he got started and didn't really have to try. I've written down here, I don't remember the story of that or what that means, so I will leave it behind because we're running out of time, of course. My internet day combined with my tangent now means that time is of the essence. Apparently he... If you have not seen him recently, which I have not, uh, it's because he's doing a lot or some of uh, Broadway-type work. Him and Daniel Radcliffe, who you may know as Harry Potter, apparently just wrapped up not too, too long ago a Broadway show uh, in which he was working eight days a week. That's one thing I've heard a couple times about Broadway, that just the amount of shows you have to do is just mind-bogglingly. Does not sound like a desirable thing, does it not? However, people who do it seem to love it, so it's one of those strange things. Uh, he was in the movie Meatballs 2. <laughs> Meatballs 1, good movie. Bill Murray, you got some camp-type hijinks. Meatballs 2, it's got sort of that direct-to-VHS feel to it. I'm not sure if I even saw it. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. He said he did it to pay for at Christmas. And that's sort of the kind of decisions you have to make from time to time, being an actor. He was in, uh, I'm going to leave this behind with two things. One is that he was in the movie Stripes, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, apparently he shared a hotel, like a, a wall of his hotel room was shared with the wall of the hotel room next door uh, with John Candy. And sort of, you know how sometimes in a hotel room you have a door between the two rooms? Anyways, they shared that door. And apparently, this was back in his drinking days, sounds like he had a bit of a booze problem, uh, which I think John Candy was sort of known for as well. Apparently, when they were staying together, one of their, uh, one of their bathtubs was used sort of as the cooler, <laughs> so filled with ice and booze at all times, and the other one they used as the shower. <laughs> I like that thought, these two... John Candy, John Larroquette, just getting shit-faced and friggin' bathtub beers. <laughs> it tickles me, and I hope it does you. Is this guy gonna cut me off? Yep. Going around him. Take that, you bastard. Sorry, doing a little car maneuvering. Uh, the next story is sort of mind-blowing as well. And that is, he was in the movie, uh, Twilight Zone movie, which I don't remember him being in that, but apparently he was. And uh, there was a scene in it. Oh, uh, yeah, apparently he played like a Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan, uh, head of the Ku Klux Klan type guy. <laughs> That's quite a, quite a role. Anyways, apparently there was a scene involving helicopter during this section of this Twilight Zone movie. And although he wasn't... Uh, supposed to be in the scene or in the helicopter. He sort of had worked out with the director that he was going to be in the helicopter. Just, you know, kind of for shits and giggles. Why not? Let me experience this helicopter ride. Since it's going to happen anyways, how would I get involved? Come on, let me do it, let me do it, let me do it. Then, the day of this shooting of this scene, his car was stolen. Shit. His car was stolen, and uh, he was not able to make it. Oh, that's a shame. Right? Wrong. Because 
uh, this is sort of a famous story, which I had never heard. The helicopter in question got into an accident, and the pilot, and I think, I don't, I didn't write it down, but I think a couple other people died as well. So, because of a car theft, uh, it saved his life. Huh. Little uh, behind-the-scenes showbiz-type story. Very, very interesting. I'm going to leave that behind for my next item. Up for bids. Oh, no, it's not up for bids. It is called The Indoor Kids. It is a podcast as well. I'm not sure if I've brought any of these back yet. I kind of don't think I have. Just on that note, the reason I don't think I have is because I have recently added it to my podcast repertoire. Ah. Ah. They are good. I am uh, sort of working my way through them, and it does not work. It is a pleasure. From the very beginning, they've been on since 2011, I think, or thereabouts. Anyways, it's been on for a couple of years, so I'm sort of working my way through the episodes. I'm into 2012. Uh, I decided to bring this one back because the guest was Mr. Kevin Pereira. Although, re- uh, I should say, regardless of the guest, this show is very, very good, and I like it. The host is Kamel Nanjiani, who I have brought back and just mentioned on the podcast a handful of times. <laughs> Something that always comes up is that I feel like whenever I say his last name, I say it as if he is Italian. However, he is from Pakistan. Kumail Nanjiani. Yes. And his wife, Emily Gordon, have a podcast in which they, and quite often another person, will sit down and shoot the ships. Podcast style quite often veering the conversation towards video games. Uh, it is, that's that's what they're supposed to do. It's supposed to do in the sense that that's sort of how the podcast is uh, built, for lack of a better word. However, their talks can sort of fly into any subject whatsoever, which is why I love podcasts. You never know what you're going to get. Anything can happen. Uh, this episode was from February of 2012, back when Attack of the Show was still on the air, and I was enjoying it very, very much. So it was a little bittersweet, this episode, just to kind of look back and remember those times. Hmm. Sadness. Uh, Kevin Pereira, just a sort of fascinating individual, uh, he has a podcast as well called Pointless, which I listen to, coincidentally. Uh, he got his sort of nerdy start on Attack of the Show and on the G4, formerly called something else, Network, because he was a hacker. Yeah. Uh, had a internet show, blog, talked about gaming and hacking. And when I say hacker, I mean like actual, factual, computer hacker, not like what you kind of see in the movies, but actually knew how to, well, hack shit. It's kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around it, because all I really know of hacking is what I see in the movies. Uh, Other than the fact that I know what I see in movies is not actual real hacking. So it's kind of hard for me to wrap my my mind around it. But I'm very interested, as I'm sure many people, including those listening to this, are in sort of the idea of it and what it actually factually is. I have the impression just from this and things I've heard over the years, that it is perhaps not as glamorous and interesting as you might think. They did on the show, which I think something they do quite often, or just sort of slips in, uh, give their gaming console rundown, sort of 
what they had uh, growing up and what they have now. So I figured I would do that, and in an effort to get audience participation, as I do from time to time, I would love to hear yours. Mine was, as far as I can remember, started out with a Commodore 64. Then I'm going to do this quick and not uh, slip into nostalgia mode too much. Um, so Commodore 64, then an Atari 2600, I do believe, then uh, Nintendo, then a Super Nintendo, then an, a Nintendo 64, then a PlayStation 2, as well as a, a GameCube, then PlayStation 3, Wii, Xbox, and always sort of intermingled in later years, PC. Now, currently, just PlayStation 3. Oh, wait, Game Boy and uh, Nintendo DS as well. And iPhone. Uh, I think that's it. Currently, iPhone, yeah, PlayStation 3 and PC have gotten rid of my Wii and Xbox because I never played them, so got rid of them. Okay, uh, I don't have time for my last item. But that is not unusual on a internet day, so I'll just throw it out quick like. It is a podcast. Hmm. It is an episode of Comedy Bang Bang Double. Hmm. Most recent episode with Mr. Doug Benson. Yes, that's why I brought it back. Doug Benson has a podcast called Doug Loves Movies. This is the sort of brotherhood of podcasts. Intermingling of hosts and co-hosts and characters. I got damn love it so much, so I brought it back. Also, on this episode, was, as I describe, fake guest, Mr. Mr. Oh, he would be mad if he had heard me say Mr., but rather Lord Andrew Lloyd Weber. Ah, yes, Lord Weber. When I say fake guest... Let's give a little behind-the-scenes action, as I do every time I mention Comedy Bang Bang. When I say fake guest, it is rather Paul F. Tompkins pretending to be Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber. That is a hard name to say. This is... The reason I brought it back is... This is going to sort of degrade into me just saying, this is funny, go listen to it. This is funny. Go listen to it. Uh, one of the funniest examples of Comedy Bang Bang... <laughs> Bing Boing. Comedy Bang Bing Boing that I have heard in a long time. So highly, highly recommend. If you are thinking of, you know, pulling the trigger on this podcast, this is a good episode for you to listen to. Very, very funny. I don't really have time to go into anything other than to say two things. First, we'll start off with they play a game called Would You Rather, in which two scenarios are given, and you have to choose which one you would choose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them out. They are, would you rather raise werewolves for meat or pets? That's scenario one. Scenario two is, would you rather fart whenever meeting new people, and the fart is louder if the person you meet is going to be important in your life, the more important in your life, the louder the fart. Those are your two scenarios. What would you choose? And lastly, regarding Comedy Bang Bang, that is, I will say, Dench Smash. Dench Smash. That may be the title of this episode because it makes no sense. 
if you don't listen to that. Hmm. One final thing to say, folks, and that is, of course, thank you for listening, and double, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper